just to get down I don't know if I can get them, but I got them right The developing stars, whoa Wrecked by the stars, though But they know just who they are The knowledge is deep, man Cause college is bleak, man Knees are the bees, man Deffy happy hour now I trust them with everything Every confidence giving me confidence Hipping this hopping, no really no stopping I'll make you a champion, y'all put a sock in it uh, But this is life, bro They're at it all night, though So you can just drive slow And get down with the Deffy crew Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you are listening, wherever you are listening. This is episode 71 of the Devi Happy Hour. My name is Skip Newton coming to you from Egan, Minnesota. It is Monday, May 3rd. The NFL Draft is finally in our rearview mirrors. It was an awesome weekend, a lot of fun, but we are here to talk Devi with you because that's what we talk about all the time. Bringing in my co-host from North Carolina, Mr. Matthew Jackson. I call him Obi-Wan. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. We are we are just a few days removed from the NFL draft. I know we're um hashtag Debbie all the time on this podcast, but I, I I just wanted to tell you how excited I am that we have added the Slim Reaper to the Eagle squad. Going to bolster that wide receiver core, give us a legitimate wide receiver that I'm actually happy about. Um, we don't have to deal with Jalen Rager um, as wide receiver one anymore. I'm ecstatic about that. Um, the only thing that could have made this week better is if you guys would have used the uh, the the opportunity given to you and traded up and thrown Justin Fields to that Minnesota Viking squad. I would have been ecstatic. Yeah, that was not something that I really wanted to hear. You know, after the fact, because you know the first round, I saw I saw Fields slipping, and I'm thinking, man. Who's going to trade up to get Fields? Because I, I knew there was no way he's just going to fall to 14 to the Minnesota Vikings. And as soon as I saw the Bears' names, you know, come on the clock at, I think it was, what, 11, I was like, oh, here it is. This is this is a lock. It's Justin Fields. It was a great trade-up by the Bears. I'm, I'm not afraid of the landing spot, by the way. If, if I have the, the second pick in a Superflex rookie draft, I'm taking Fields, even though I love – I love the Trey Lance landing spot as well. I mean, I, I think that is maybe as, as good of a landing spot as you're going to get for a quarterback. But, you know, I, I just – I love Fields' talent. I love his attitude. I love his work ethic. And I think maybe, un- unfortunately, as, as a Vikings fan, I think maybe that the Bears have finally got their their much-needed, long-awaited franchise quarterback. Yeah, and so, I'm, I'm a little worried about Matt Nagy for sure, but, I mean – when you look at all of these quarterback landing spots, I mean, they all got, in my opinion, probably the best landing spot for their individual skill set that they could have landed in. Yeah, it really was interesting how that worked out. It was like all the quarterbacks fell into these landing spots that, that make us excited, not only as fantasy you know managers, but as you know football fans. And then on top of it, or the exact opposite, I should say, the wide receivers, none of them really fell into a spot like in that first round where you got really super pumped about it. It was like, yeah, I could see that working out, but man, I'm not so sure. I mean, I mean, obviously I think we're going to like Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, but you know, I, I was just sitting there like, dude, you guys, you guys need to get an offensive line, man. What are you doing? I like, you I like, I like Penay, wide receivers. I like Penay Sewell in Cincinnati a whole lot more than I like Jamar Chase in Cincinnati. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're coming I, off a quarterback. Your franchise quarterback just tore his ACL because you refused to protect his blind side, and you didn't address you didn't address offensive linemen until the fourth round. Right, and and as a fan <laughs> of a team who's had offensive line problems for years, I was just shaking my head like, "Come on, you guys, you you got to be smarter than this. You you can you know be better." Um, before we get into the Debbie stuff, I feel like. I need to to step into the confession box or whatever you call it. I'm admittedly not Catholic. I've never gone to 
official confession, but I need to confess to you, Mr. Jackson, Reverend Jackson, I did not complete the assigned task you gave me. I did not watch draft day before the draft. Um, I, I feel like I feel like it's time for me to step into the step into the confessional um, pool now as well. Now that you've opened up and, and shared your heart with me, I sat down to try and watch draft day three times this week, and every single time I sat down to try and watch it, um, me and my wife had a discussion about what show we were going to watch, and, and and draft day was was never on, <laughs> never on the plate. So I unfortunately did not watch it either. So I'm not going to sit here and uh, and be the hypocrite to tell you that. Oh, shame on you for not watching draft day because I as well did not do my assigned task in watching draft day. Yeah, the the difference there is at least you've seen the movie. I, I've never seen it. And and if it makes you feel better, all the guys that I watched it the first round with, they all when they found out that I hadn't watched draft day, I mean, they gave me relentless crap for it. So that that became the it's a classic movie, man. Night. You got you got seriously sit down sometime within the next few weeks, whenever you got time, and just watch it. It's a classic I, NFL movie. I know it's it's crazy, and I'm honestly, I, somebody said that night. They said, you know, ESPN, you know, three or four, or whatever it is, or or the Deuce, they should do what TNT does on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, whichever one, and just play like you know how they play the Christmas story, you know, twenty four hours straight. That's what you know, one of these channels should do, we're just going to play draft day, the movie over and over again for 24 hours leading up to the NFL draft. So I, tw- I tweeted out at some point, it was like Wednesday night or something like that. I can- I forget what time it was, but I was like, if you start NFL, if you start draft day right now, you don't have to watch it 13 times before the NFL draft or something like that. Like I, I was so bored. I sat down and did the math because I wanted to watch it so bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I got to do that. Got to do that for next year. So all right, let's let's get into the the news and just wrote down a couple things because it was really interesting. We you know we're talking about the SEC. We're going to get into the SEC East today, and we're going to try to get through all the teams because there there's more Devi goodness on the West side. But you know, one of those West teams, Arkansas, two wide receivers since the last time we podcasted have transferred. So Mike Woods, a talented wide receiver, transfers to Oklahoma, and. Trey Knox, last I heard, is in the transfer portal. I have not heard if he has picked a school. But those are basically wide receivers two and three on the depth chart. So it's going to be the Traylon Burke show and whoever can step in to fill that void. That That's a significant amount of, of targets leaving the Arkansas passing game. So that was interesting. Wheels, wheels up on Traylon Burke for sure. For sure. And... I'm sure we'll talk about this when these guys find a spot that they're when Trey Knox finds a spot that he's landed at. But man, I just moved Traylon Burks to wide receiver two in my Debbie ranks. But I mean, if he has a season that is looking like he's going to have with all these vacated target targets rolling over to him, man, he could be wide receiver one by the time this is all said and done. Yeah, Skip, I'm, I'm telling you, I might put him above Garrett Wilson, and I know that's that's crazy to think because I'm I'm not putting anybody over Garrett Wilson, but Traylon Burks might might do it for me. There you go. I'm I'm feeling better about taking him at the the 110 in that C to C startup where he was the first wide receiver off the board and I grabbed him. All right, the first team we're going to talk about today is Florida, and of course they lost some significant people to the NFL. Kyle Trask, the quarterback, going to the Tampa Bay Bucks. Kadarius Tony, a surprise, well, in my opinion, surprise, but surprise pick to the New York Giants. Not not excited about that wide receiver or that landing spot, to be completely honest. And then Kyle Pitts, the the big tight end, number four overall to the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle all Pitt, gone. Kyle, so, Kyle Pitts drafted to the Canton Hall of Fame. You, I, I think is. What oh you yeah, that's right. They're already going to enshrine him right now. Yeah. He's he's that good already. Good point. So, filling in at quarterback, a couple of guys probably not on anybody's Devi radar, but at least one of these guys I know you want to spend some time on, at least a little bit. We've got Anthony Richardson, who is 2023 eligible, and Emory Jones, who's been on the roster, but not not obviously playing quarterback because of Trask. He's eligible next year. Tell us about Richardson Jones. Which one should people be looking at? I love I love a lot about what I see from Emory Jones. Um, Emory Jones, I, I've been very bullish on him this offseason as somebody that I think is going to come in and 
be be my guy, be that guy that comes in and just radically increases his draft stock and his Debbie stock. I mean, you look at him, he, he's got the the wheels, he's got the, the feet to be a mobile um, Konami code. I know we use that, that, that term all the time about running quarterbacks, but he, he's got that ability to be this Konami code type quarterback. He's got a live arm. Um, he's got some little bit of accuracy issues, but man, when he throws the ball, I mean, it's a snap of the wrist and the ball comes flying out of his hand. Um, so he's got a live arm that he really he works really well with. If you watched any of Florida last year, yes, you saw it being the Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitt show. But if you paid attention, every once in a while, they would sneak Emory Jones into the game and they would give him a drive or they'd give him a few snaps. And he looked good while he was doing it. I mean, a, a lot of these were like QB type scramble, QB draw type plays. But I mean, he, he was allowed to throw the ball. And from what I've seen in spring practices, he, he's got an arm that, that could be interesting in Debbie drafts this year. And, and from what they did last year, getting him into the game, even with Kyle Trask, being there and, and leading the team and having the season he had, Embry Jones was still making noise. He looks to be the guy that's going to come in and get all all the chances at that starting uh, that starting rotation. Okay, so if he can take over that position and and do really well, you know, kind of fill that that void, but also provide a lot of you know a lot of running, a lot of passing. He could be one of those guys that comes out of nowhere, right? That he's not he's not on anybody's roster because no one's drafting him in Debbie. And all of a sudden everyone's gonna be talking about Emory Jones next, you know, November because he's had a couple of great months. So we'll keep our eyes out on that guy. At running back, we've got got three guys, but I think there, there's probably a, a definite favorite here. Demarcus Bowman was a freshman last year, uh, recruited and committed to Clemson and then transferred very quickly to Florida. Damian Pierce and Lorenzo Lingard are both 2022 eligible. Neither one of those guys has done enough to, to get people excited from a Debbie perspective, but they're they're decent talents. But I, I got to believe that the one that people are, are keeping their eyes on has got to be Demarcus Bowman, wouldn't you think? You, you, you would think that, and I think a lot of Debbie guys – are, are going to put their bets in Demarcus Bowman. I mean, he he's got that game breaking speed. He's got that Travis Etienne like game to 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 his game play. And we we noted that whenever he transferred to Clemson, it, it felt like they were losing Travis into Etienne and getting another Travis Etienne in the same spot. Now that now that talent's at Florida, he's got the game breaking speed. He's got the lateral agility. I mean, he he's a home run hitter. So you love that. But but when you look up who's being raved about in spring practices and who coaches are talking about and who's getting the starting reps. Interestingly enough, it's not DeMarcus Bowman. It's Lorenzo Lingard. And a lot of that could just be because he, he's he's the older guy on the team. He, he's got the starting reps previously. Um, DeMarcus Bowman is just learning the offense. He's going to come in and take over. But coaches are raving about the practices that Lorenzo, Lorenzo Lingard is putting in this spring practice these spring practices so as much as I want to sit here and say yeah DeMarcus Bowman's going to be the guy it could very much be a split committee between Lingard and DeMarcus Bowman before it's all said and done now that's a great point and for those of you who aren't familiar with Lorenzo Lingard he he is a top rated recruit so in his recruiting class which was 2018 he was a composite five-star recruit, the number two overall running back in the 24-7 sports rankings. He was a four-star, the, no, the RB3. So not a huge difference. You know, he just dropped from 25th nationally to 44th. So he's way up there as far as on the recruiting rankings. He's just never put together a season to to you know warrant that, to, to give people the Oh, that's why this guy's so highly rated. So, I guess in in that you know in that respect, I'm not surprised if if he's the guy that the coaches are seeing. I I, I don't remember where he was before. It might have been Miami. I could be wrong, but he transferred to Florida. I I want to say because I know he was in the ACC, and I, I think that's right. But I my memory's horrible at this stuff. So you know, if people out there, if, if you're saying no, oh, it's this school, then that's fine. That's cool. But, but anyway, I could see I could see Lingard getting the job. I'm not worried about that at all. Um, and and maybe you know we'll see what happens because I I want to see this Bulma kid too. I mean he's kind of the you know the the hot flashy toy. We didn't get to see him last year because he transferred and sat out. So you know people want to know what's going on. And, and I, wide and I receivers. Just, I, I just want to say real quick to that point. 
You know, we talk about all the time how the, your best classes, your stud classes are a 40% hit rate between between your freshman classes. I mean, if, if we're playing the math here, I mean, just simple fact of the matter, Tank Bigsby, B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, Kendall Milton struck a little bit. Um, Zachary Evans had, had a good end of the season. I mean, you've already got a lot of guys that have broken out this year. If I'm playing the odds, as much as I love Demarcus Bowman, the odds aren't exactly in his favor, and he's not in a great situation to to get the the lion share of the carries either. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a great point, and you know, like you said, you know, these guys, these guys don't always hit, and and the percentages aren't aren't in their favor. So, yeah, you, it's possible that Demarcus Bowman will never reach that full potential, but then a year ago or, you know, even going into this spring training or spring games, we would have thought the same thing about Lorenzo Lingard. And all of a sudden he's, you know, at least turning heads a little bit. So you never know, maybe, maybe he'll pop late wide receivers. A couple guys we got on the list, uh, Justin Shorter, another highly recruited guy. He's bounced around 2022 eligible. I believe Penn state was at one point in his career. If I'm correct, you can correct me if I'm wrong there. And then Xavier Henderson, 2023 eligible so he was a freshman last year do either one of these guys strike you as the kind of guy that can can finally make a late run and pop I mean of course Henderson was only a freshman so that's it's not like it's too late for him but do you think Shorter has a chance to to finally do something or do you think it's too late for him I uh, I'm done trusting Justin Shorter on my Debbie roster skip I've I drafted him early uh, when he was a freshman he was a highly touted five-star recruit and he burned me year one. And I was like, I invested in him again the next year. I was like, okay, maybe it was, just, it was freshman year things. He'll, he'll pull it together. Burned me year two. I'm done investing in Justin Shorter. All he ever does and all, he, all he's ever proven to be is a highly touted recruit that doesn't translate to the field. Um, I do like Xavier Henderson a good bit. Um, he's got the speed uh, to take the top off the defense. He's got really good body control. Um, to go up, grab the ball, contort his body, and, and make some pretty acrobatic, difficult catches. The only thing that's really limiting him is his route tree. It's, he, he he runs a very basic route tree. Um, he ran a ba- very basic route tree coming out of high school, so that's something that he needs to work on. But if he can advance that a little bit, he's got the talent to be an interesting Debbie player. Yeah, and I like I like the height. The height speed combination is intriguing. You know, six three. And, and runs, you know, a, a verified four five five, you know, coming out of high school. So that that's pretty fast for for a wide receiver. But you nailed it on on the head there. He he needs to to do more than just run straight down the field and go up high. I mean, he needs to develop the, the finer points of of playing wide receiver and you know sell sell people on routes and and do sharp cuts and get open and, and create separation. That's that's what we want to see is specifically, you know, this, this fall coming up so he can take that, that next step. All right. And then the last guy for Florida, this is one that you added kind of a, a Matt Jackson special, potentially. I will admit, I know nothing about this kid. He is a incoming freshman at tight end, Nick Elks, Nick Elsness, Elksness. I have no Tell idea us about <laughs> Nick and what, why did you add him to the list? I cannot tell you how to pronounce his name. What I do know is uh, three-star recruit, 15 tight end, doesn't look like on paper he's going to be the guy. That's why, why are we talking about a three-star recruit, 15th tight end in this class, right? Um, 6'6", 220. He's a, he's a little undersized, but, I mean, 220 as an incoming freshman is pretty stout. I mean, he, if he adds any sort of weight to him, I mean, he's, he's going to have some good weight and good size to him. I added him, though, because – Everything that I've heard coming out of Florida, coming out of the head coach's mouth, rather, is Nick Elksness has been called by the head coach um, somewhere in between Aaron Hernandez and Kyle Pitts. So, for, at, at the at the very least, those are very, two very good tight end prospects to be compared to. You're going to have to take a wait-and-see approach from them because tight ends take a while to develop, but... Give me give me a share of somebody that's being compared to Aaron Hernandez and Kyle Kyle Pitts minus minus the Hernandez murder, hopefully. That is lofty, lofty praise for an incoming freshman. You know, he was he was the tight end seventeen rated coming into the you know, of this class. So that's not that's not bad. I mean, I remember when we went over the 
the freshman class last year and we go over like the previous top 10 to 20 tight ends and maybe one name was a guy that actually made it to the NFL. So the, the point that I'm making there is that you, you know, your tight ends in the NFL can come from anywhere. It, it's not just going to be the, the top rated guys. So he, he has that chance. The things that, that I like about him from what, what you've mentioned is, is the height you know, the six five six six. he's already about 220 coming in. Well, you know he's going to put weight on that frame in college when he gets into the college program. And if the coaches are already raving about him, that that's a great start. So I love that as a, as a deep sleeper at tight end. Very well done. Very interesting. All right, let's, uh, let's get into Georgia next. Of course, they lost Jamie Newman at quarterback. And Newman did not have a good draft weekend. I believe he went undrafted, if I'm not mistaken. He did go but undrafted, be, yes. I, my memory could be. <laughs> he, did, he did indeed he, go I know undrafted. he was super late if he did What's that? He did go undrafted because I made a tweet about yeah. him. He needs, he needs to fire his his draft advisor, whoever that was. <laughs> I To this day, I, I still wondered why he didn't play this last year. I thought that was a huge mistake. But replacing him, of course, JT Daniels played last season could be one of the top quarterbacks in the next in next year's draft. I mean, you've got you've got Sam Howell, you've got Spencer Rattler. Who that third guy is, there's, you know, kind of a, a, a glut of names. And any one of them could could step up and all of a sudden be like, hey, I'm 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 legit. I should be within these these other two names as well. JT Daniels is definitely one of those guys. And then they've got an incoming freshman that's turn some heads as well. Brock Vandegrift, fairly high rate, highly rated, 2024 eligible. Uh, tell me quick, what, how do you feel about JT Daniels? Do you think he can be a day one or day two you know, NFL draft pick? And what, what do you think about Vandegrift just from the, the early highlights in the film we've watched? Yeah, JT Daniels, man, he, he, looks real, he looks real good. I mean, when you look at the way that offense was playing pre-JT Daniels versus what they did once JT Daniels finally took over the helm, I mean, they became a more balanced attack. They were actually able to open up their passing game, and um, he he showed us all why he was a five-star recruit um, before the injury and before Keaton Slovis came in at USC. I mean, he opens that offense up. George Pickens finally looked the part of a wide receiver one, and we haven't seen that in a long time. So, I mean, you love what he did to that offense. Brock Vandergrift, five-star, number two dual threat quarterback in this class. I mean, he's got the wheels. He's got the arm talent. I mean, he looks to be the guy that's going to come in and immediately take over for JT Daniels once JT Daniels takes off for the NFL. So, I mean, I, I like this quarterback room for, for a good long time, for sure. Yeah, Georgia is set up nicely. I think JT Daniels can elevate himself into that top, you know, top three to, to five names if he you know if comes out next year and then yeah I like I like Vandegriff a lot I mean he's definitely a name that that's probably gonna step right in in his sophomore season for for Daniel so well done by Georgia to set those guys up for a consecutive years of of a good passing attack running backs you know Georgia notorious for kicking out you know good names at running back uh, Zamir White we talked about him before as one of those surprise names that came back to school. We thought he'd go pro coming off a couple of knee injuries. James Cook is there. We've got Kendall Milton, last year's freshman, who already is starting to look the part as a top running back. And Lovasia, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, Carroll, the incoming freshman, so kind of the next guy on the list. Which one, you know, if you're if you're on the on a, a Debbie startup and you're going to pick one of these guys as the guy that you want on your Debbie roster, which one are you shooting for? So I'm going to give you a pick one and I'm going to give you a sell one. So, so my pick one is Kendall Milton. I really, really liked what I saw from Kendall Milton last year. At times he came in and he looked like a better running back than Zamir White, their workhorse, workhorse power back. I mean, he, he was more agile. He had better, better feet, better, um, sideline, I mean, better agility, better cutting ability, um, just be, just better, look like a better fit for that offense. Um, Zamir White is definitely the power back. He, he's the bruiser. He's going to lower his shoulder and he's going to take you back a few yards. But when it comes to like pass catching, he's not exactly going to be the guy that's going to rack up your PPR points. 
And if I'm looking for a guy that I'm selling, it's definitely Zamir White. I mean, he's still getting that round two to round three Debbie draft capital and startups, and that is just way too rich for me right now. If I can sell him for any part of that kind of draft capital and take somebody that's going right around the same range as him, um, say, I'm trying to think now. <laughs> I'm blanking on some of the guys that are going around the same range as him, but any other guy like that's Eric going... Gray. Eric Gray, yeah, I would take Eric Gray above Zamir White for sure. Um, I know um, who's that? Who, who's the other Oklahoma wide receiver? Marvin Mims is going around um, the, around the same time as Zamir White from a lot of these drafts that I'm seeing. I would take I would take him above Zamir White. I mean, if I'm getting any of these guys, I'm trading Zamir White in a heartbeat because his ADP is just way too rich for me. Yep, I cannot argue with any of that I've got Kendall Milton significantly higher than Zamir White I just I don't know what it is exactly about White I just I don't see a guy that's dynamic enough that that not enough of the the lateral movement he just you know he's like you said if he can go straight ahead he he looks really good and he can hit the hole and he's got some power I'm very nervous about the two knee injuries I mean that's just that takes its toll on the on the length of a running back's career, and the running back's career isn't that long to begin with. So, yeah, I'm I'm much higher on Kendall Milton than would would rather use my my Debbie pick to to take him over a guy like Samir White. And the wide receivers, it is a very crowded room. Although unfortunately, the top guy also an ACL. We've talked about this before. George Pagan's probably out for the season, but still one of the top names at the wide receiver position that is eligible for 2022. Then we've got another 2022 guy, kind of the, you know, the, the Robin to, to Pickens Batman and Kyrus Jackson, far lesser known. Nobody really talks about him, but he, but he makes some plays out there. And then 2023, they had this massive class of highly recruited wide receivers, Jermaine Burton, Arian Smith, and Marcus Rosemey. Now, let's talk about these guys first before I get to the last guy that, that I want to bring up. Where do you have, you know, which, which, which of these wide receivers are you the most excited about? So as crazy as it sounds, I'm excited in just about at least three of these, of these Georgia wide receivers. And I mean, could you imagine a few years ago when you're saying, "Man, I'm excited! I'm excited for three Georgia wide receivers," and in the Debbie circle? <laughs> I mean, that's that that's that sounds so crazy to sit here and say now because you want the Georgia running backs, you never want the Georgia wide receivers. And now I'm sitting here saying, "Yeah, man, give me three three of these Georgia wide receivers." I mean, George Pickens is going to be a top top recruit or top signee um, draftee in the NFL draft next year. Jermaine Burton came on really really well um, last season. Um, he had that what what was it, two hundred yard game, three hundred yard game, something. It was something crazy, um, and then I really like what I see out of Kiaris Jackson. I mean, the the physicality. He he just has sure hands. He can go up in a crowded, um, in a contested catch situation, bring down the ball. He's got really great sideline awareness to just know where he's at, get his feet inbounds. I mean, he's making NFL catches on the sideline in college. Um, and I mean, just sure-handed receiver. So I, if there's a guy probably that I'm taking as, a, as an under-the-radar guy, you've already mentioned it, but it's Kiaris Jackson. And I talked a, bit, a little about him last year when we were doing our weekly breakdowns of college football. I told you, I remember telling you, Skip, I said, go watch Kiaris Jackson because he's going to be a guy that you want to keep your eyes on. And every bit of that's proven that, that he's a guy that's going to that's flying under the radar that's going to be – Probably a, a day two pick maybe in the NFL that yields value because not a lot of people are talking about him. He, he's flying under the radar. Well, you know, and I wonder if he can be kind of like Amari Rogers was in Clemson. Like going into last season, we weren't talking about Amari Rogers. You know, we were talking about Frank Ladson and the the, the higher Joe recruited Joe Ngata. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe Ngata, the, the higher talented guys. And nobody was talking about Amari Rogers. And then look what happens. Amari Rogers ends up becoming the, the number one target this season. He has a really good year. He's clearly the best wide receiver that Clemson had, at least from a production standpoint. And he gets drafted in the third round of the Green Bay Packers. So got the day two draft capital, got maybe a really good landing spot or not, unless, you know, if Aaron Rodgers retires, that would be, or, or gets traded, that would be unfortunate. I, I 
be a crying shame if he wasn't on the Packers anymore. It'd be, it'd be a little shame. Anyway, it? moving on. You, you, um, you went. You, you, yeah, went sleep, I mean, you went. You, you went. sleep very well at night if he got traded, would you? Oh God! That, <laughs> and that's how our draft day kicked off on Thursday. It was. It was just awesome. It was the best ever. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, he, he could be that guy. And then you've got these other talented guys from last year who all are going to have an opportunity now that Pickens is hurt. You know, which one we is going to step up? We've got Burton, who you said, you know, he's already kind of flashed. So I think he's probably the favorite of the three, you know, him, Arian Smith, and Marcus Rosemey. But you never know, right? You never know who's going who's gonna to be the guy. The sixth guy on this list, the one I haven't mentioned yet, is the one that's the incoming freshman. And this is the one that's getting some interesting comments in the camp and the spring game. And that's Adonai Mitchell, 2024 eligible, because he's an incoming freshman. There have been quotes from, I believe it was JT Daniels, saying how this guy is really, really good. And they are loving what they're seeing out of this kid. So interesting that his name gets pulled out. I'm just going to bring up some of my notes on him since kind of latched on. I grabbed him in a C2C startup. He's he's a really good athlete for his frame. He's comes in about 6'3", 190, and he will go up and get the ball. So you, you like to see that. You want to see these tall wide receivers you know, use that height to their advantage. He runs very well after the catch. I mean, more so or, or better than you would think of a guy that that big. And he has has good speed. So an interesting athlete. I think one of the quotes was talking about him as a guy that he just never seemed to stop at practice. I mean, he, he'd get the ball and he's always making plays. And he was he was really turning head. So keep keep your uh, your eyes out for for Mitchell from Georgia. That's my go-to guy, kind of my sleeper to bring to this podcast today. I, I like I like that whole never stops working. I mean, because that shows you his mentality. I mean, a kid like that just loves football, and he's going to work his butt off to 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 be great. And so, I mean, if you're going to be an alpha wide receiver, you have to have that mentality. So that's interesting. I'm going to I'm gonna have to keep that in mind for my, my upcoming, the program uh, draft this year and, and, my, and my recruiting. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I uh, I didn't add this to the show sheet, but I we probably should mention that that Darnell Washington is a tight end for Georgia. He is a physical specimen to say the least. Uh, six seven and a half, and probably well over two fifty by now. And and highly recruited, he's a four star that was you know last year's class, the number two overall athlete. In the class, uh, runs a four four seven five, so six seven and a half, runs a four seven five. So, you know, he he could be a great tight end prospect. I I know the the one time I had friend of the show Felix Sharp on, he made the prediction that he's just gonna get he's just gonna put on bulk and become a left tackle because there's a lot more money to make being an offensive lineman than there is playing tight end. And you know, I I kind of laughed like like you are now, but. Then I stopped and thought about it. Like, hey, that's not unheard of, and it's not a horrible idea. I mean, the, the Minnesota Vikings right tackle, starting right tackle right now, Brian O'Neill has been here for I think two, three seasons. He 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 was a he was a tight end, and they converted him to tackle like literally his last year of college, and then we drafted him in the second round, and he's been a really he's been a really good player for us. So it can happen. Who so knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, a really interesting thought that just kind of came out of nowhere but um going into Kentucky they've got one guy we want to talk about and this is a transfer from Nebraska and I'm glad you remember this because I completely spaced uh, wide receiver Wandale Robinson he was he was Nebraska's entire offense um for, for for their team I mean he, I mean he was used at wide receiver they had him in the backfield as a lined up as a running back, I mean, he's got really great agility in open space. I mean, he looks like a running back when he's carrying the ball. So, I mean, when you're taking all of Nebraska's offense and, and, and taking the Kentucky, I mean, the, he's the guy that you need to watch out for. I mean, from a Debbie perspective, um, he, he's a great mid-round grab. I'm not sure how excited I am about him at, for his NFL prospects. I mean, he's, he's on the small side, um, doesn't do anything exceptional. Um, but he, he he was Nebraska's whole offense, so it's at least worth noting. 
Yeah, and I I've been the same way. I, I've I've never been super excited about him as a as a Devi prospect because you know he's sitting there at you know five eight, 175 pounds. You know he was a an all purpose back. You know hybrid running back wide receiver, extremely athletic, very elusive, quick and shifty. He's a playmaker, but you just never know. You know are those guys gonna get drafted? You know highly in the NFL or are they gonna? fall down and become one of those, you know, late day three undrafted guys that pretty much disappear from, from everyone's radar. I mean, I mean, look, if Tutu Atwell can get drafted in the NFL in the second round at 150 pounds, then anybody should be able to. How about that, man? That came out of nowhere. And he, I mean, he's lightning fast, but yeah, I did not see that coming. All right, let's get over to Missouri. Also just one guy, uh, Mookie Cooper. Tell us about Mookie Cooper. Yeah, Mookie Cooper, transfer from the Ohio State University. I mean, we talk about how how loaded that wide receiver room was with uh, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, um, everybody else. <laughs> I mean, I could sit here and name all the playmakers that they have on that offense. But Skip doesn't come to podcast with me and hear me talk about Ohio State. <laughs> so That's right. So, yeah, Mookie Cooper. I mean, somebody had to transfer, and it was Mookie Cooper. And I think he's going to fit in really well with Missouri. I mean, he runs really solid routes. He's a sure-handed pass catcher. He's really physical. I mean, he can go up and, I mean, if you're going to cover this kid, pack your lunch money type of deal. I mean, he's super, super physical kid. Um, He's somebody that I think, I mean, we're not talking, I mean, there's nobody else on Missouri that's going to eat into his target shares. I mean, he's a former four-star recruit. He, he's instantly the best wide receiver on the roster. And I think when you're looking at somebody that's going to be a target hog for this team, Muku Cooper is going to be the guy that does it. Because, I mean, he's got the size. He's got the athletic ability. He's got the route running. He's everything that you want in your star wide receiver. And there's no one else to compete with him. Yeah, I like I like the opportunity. I like the athleticism. I mean, he's got a, a verified four four nine. So that that's fast coming out of high school. My my notes are that he, he might end up being more of a – a gadget, you know, kind of those hybrid special kind of players like that, then then he is a true wide receiver. But, you know, we'll we'll wait and see how that works out. But I also noted the acceleration and athleticism on this kid is legit. I mean, he is he is very athletic. So that could be something that that people should should keep an eye on. All right, next team. We're we're down to three teams left. South Carolina who do you think is going to be the quarterback? I, I made a note here, you know, 2023 high prospect Luke Doty or Dottie. Is he the guy in South Carolina to to be the one that we should be looking at from a Debbie perspective? Yeah, I think he is. Um, I mean, he, he's definitely the guy that I think is going to come in and get those get those reps. There's nobody else on that roster that really excites me the way Doty did when he came in um, to South Carolina. He's got the wheels, but he, he he's a really smart passer. He's accurate. He he throws a, a pretty decent ball, so he's somebody that, that that's real interesting for me um, to to come in and, and kind of take that. You know who who's the next man after DJ Uyunglele and Bryce Young? I mean who who's that next guy that's going to be in this class? And Luke Doty is going to at least get the reps to show that hey, it could possibly be me. Yep, yep. He got into a few games last year. You know, didn't didn't throw the ball a ton, but you know, sixty percent two touchdowns, three interceptions, a very low average per attempt. So, you know, we want to see more from that, obviously. But at least he got, you know, his feet wet in the league. So he's not, you know, starting completely cold turkey there. Next, uh, the running backs, and this is this is where we'll, we'll find probably more of our Debbie fantasy goodness. We've got 2022 eligible guy Kevin Harris, a guy that is moving up Debbie lists as as I speak. And Marshawn Lloyd, 2023 eligible. He was the the big recruit last year and then tore his ACL, missed the entire season. So now he's coming back. I like both of these guys, and I think they could both end up developing into, you know, good NFL players, if not, you know, at least get you the, the high draft capital you're looking for. Am I higher on either one of these guys than you are? Um, so I, I've been very blatant about the fact that I am not a Kevin Harris fan. Um, and, and, and none of that is because of Kevin Harris. He looked great last year. He was a great running back. Um, I liked a lot of things that he did. The reason that he was on the field was because Marshawn Lloyd tore his ACL and was not on the field. 
I mean, when you look at Marshawn Lloyd, man, I am very, very much high on him coming in and, and taking back what was rightfully his. I mean, you're, you're talking about a kid that just has crazy work ethic. In high school, he drove a long distance, got up early in the morning, drove a good distance just to get to school, early practices. I mean, he, he's a very hard worker. He, he was their highly touted recruit, great agility, great speed. He's got some power to him, man. Can he break some tackles? So I, I was really excited about Marshawn Lloyd when he came to South Carolina. And he, he was one injury away from he was going to be the guy that we were talking about, not Kevin Harris. So I, can they coexist? Yeah, probably. But I just, I'm so, if I have any Kevin Harris, which I don't, but if I had any Kevin Harris, I am, I'm selling Kevin Harris because I think and I believe in my heart that Marshawn Lloyd is going to come back and take the position that was rightfully his to begin with. I do have Marshawn Lloyd rated a little bit higher. Um, I have Kevin Harris you know, pretty high up. He's just a three-star recruit, but my notes on him is that he, he plays pretty fast for his size. I, I do like guys that are that are big enough to take on defenders. He's 5'11", 229, according to my database here and I like how he hits the hole hard you know he's kind of a one cut and go he's a strong runner um, he's not gonna lose a ton of speed cutting but he, you know he's not that shifty elusive guy either I mean it's it's pretty much the one cut straight ahead and pretty good vision you know you'll find that hole whereas you indicated and I, I agree 100% Marshawn Lloyd is more of the maybe this kid could develop into a star I mean you know really good speed strong runner quick cutting I love how he he stays low and, and he's really hard to bring down. I mean, and he and he hits that hole quickly. So a couple of really good running back prospects there to, to consider for your Debbie rosters, and then one wide receiver. He's a former four-star wide receiver recruit, Rico Powers Jr. What do you think about Rico? Is this any 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 interest at all in this guy? Um, not particularly. I mean, the only reason that I wanted to bring him up was because. He, he is the younger guy on the roster, a former four-star recruit. Uh, they've got a grad transfer and a senior on the roster. Um, this is not a wide receiver room that I'm remotely excited in when it comes to a Devery perspective, but it is at least noting that Rico Powers was a former highly rated recruit. So maybe he turns into something. I'm, I'm taking the wait-and-see approach and very much more interested in the running backs than this room than I am any other position. Agreed 100%. All right, let's get to Tennessee there was a lot going on in Tennessee in the offseason. A lot of people left. Uh, Eric Gray is probably the, the big name that went into the transfer portal and picked another school. Harrison Bailey remains as probably the highest rated prospect that I can, you know, that I've got notes on. And I'm hoping he gets the job because I really liked his film from a year ago. And I want to see him develop or at least get the opportunity to develop. What do you think about Bailey, and is there anyone else on Tennessee right now that that's striking your fancy, or is this kind of a wait-and-see approach for the whole team? No, this team is the, – the story of Tennessee is more about who's not on the roster than who is on the roster. I mean, they lost a ton of talent. They still keep Harrison Bailey, and he made some freshman mistakes. I mean, we all remember that game he came in, and that first drive he was like 4-4 four for four for 60 yards and a touchdown. I mean, just looked – phenomenal dissecting the defense making the correct reads showed the arm talent I know Brandon Lejeune is really big on Harrison Bailey he was a he was a top rated quarterback in his Debbie dashboard rankings um, so he was really excited about Harrison Bailey as were a lot of Debbie folks and he looked he looked the part he made some freshman mistakes that he'll he'll grow look these are young kids they're learning to process a faster speed of college football he's going to grow he's going to be a solid prospect he's got the arm talent to do this problem is he's got nobody to throw the ball to. And I mean absolutely <laughs> nobody that I'm remotely interested in to throw the ball. I don't – he's going to have to transfer, don't you think, just to get somewhere where he's going to improve his stock and show show NFL, okay, look, this is what I can do if you provide me with some talent. Yeah, I don't know what the, the solution there is. I sure wish when you, when you hear about all these wide receivers that, you know, you either got like a team like, you know, Ohio State with – too many wide receivers that are highly rated or these other schools, you know, like Arkansas has two guys transfer. I wish these guys would, would look at a team like Tennessee and say, Hey, they've got a young quarterback that needs someone to throw the ball to. And they've got a ton of availability. Like I could go there and immediately be the guy. Then why don't they just 
do that. I, oh, it's just it's frustrating because I want these guys to have opportunities that have that well, you got, are, are good. And you got you got to think a lot of it's competitive streak. I mean, these guys want to go to a place that's a crowded room and be the guy that excels. I mean, if you were an athlete any time in your in your high school, college, whatever, you you know about the competitive fire and wanting to be the guy. So I mean, I can get it. Um, for their NFL prospects, it might not be the best decision, but I, I can understand it. Yeah, yeah, that that's that's a good point. I mean, it's it's tough, and of course, you know, I I also want to believe that they're choosing these schools for the school aspect as well, and not just the the football side. But that's a discussion for another time. All yeah. right, the last team, <laughs> last team is Vanderbilt. Remon Davis is there now. I'm not super thrilled with running back Remon Davis, but He's a guy. Uh, he's a guy that some people like. I'm just not that high on him. Where Where do you have Ramon Davis? Is he a a Devi asset in I, your opinion? I gotta say, Skip, I wouldn't be bashing Ramon Davis on our podcast, man, because I was just in talks with Ramon Davis's father on Twitter a couple weeks ago, talking about the possibility of him joining into our show. So I don't know. He's gonna have to. You're gonna have to fix some of that before it's all said and done. If you if we can get him on the show, but. Man, I, I, I like Ramon Davis. Um, he's not somebody that I think is super um, – that's a super highly touted prospect coming into the NFL. But he's somebody that – I mean, he, he looked good at – he was at Temple, right? Looked good, looked good at, at that school. Yeah, it sounds right. I don't know. Sounds remember. right. Yeah, I think he was at Temple. I really our, like our, you for our this list, sort of stuff, man. Dude, our <laughs> listeners are going to listen to us and be like, they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, Yeah, before he transferred <laughs> to Vanderbilt, I believe he was at Temple. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, he he he, he was the, he was the powerhouse to their offense. Um, I like him to come in and at least make some noise in Vanderbilt. But, yeah, when it comes to Debbie and NFL prospects, he's not a guy that's super, super high on my radar. Yeah, and, and I think that's something that – you know, just to kind of wrap up, because we're we're done with the SEC, and you you, you gotta you gotta remember the the whole point in Debbie is is you want to find guys that have the you know the highest likelihood of of getting onto an NFL roster and either a you know obviously being good because you want fantasy production. I mean that's the whole point, or at least get high enough draft capital where they have value and you can do something with them. You know, look at. Look at this last draft was was a huge one. I mean, we had we had four running backs drafted in the first three rounds. I mean, talk about you know immediately losing value across the board. I mean, some of the the top names, even you know like the sleepers that people were like, hey, if these guys could get a chance, they could be something. You know, and every every analyst is going to give you a different guy, but you know Jamar Jefferson and Kylan Hill and you know insert you know, player name here, you know, even, even Philadelphia's guy. I mean, everybody loved Kenneth Gainwell. He fell to the fifth round. I mean, yeah, he, he could get a shot, but he's still a fifth round running back. I mean, that's, that's tough. You know, and these other two guys I mentioned, they both seventh round running backs. I mean, so, you know, you really want to find those guys that are going to hit as far as, you know, that, that are going to be attractive to NFL teams and, you just got to be careful how how deep you go. I mean, you know, Jarrett Patterson was, I mean, one of the most productive college running backs last season. Undrafted. I mean, anywhere and undrafted. I mean, Washington picked him up, so I, I think it was Washington. But, yeah, yeah. It, man, and, and then the wide receivers too. I mean, you know, some of the guys, you know, remember how high a year ago we were on Tamori and Terry, and he goes undrafted. I mean, that's that's just crazy to me. So you, you never know with Debbie, and that's – that was the kind of my final thought that I wanted to to throw out there is that you know you can't just assume that that those Devi players are all going to end up being really good players on your fantasy roster and it doesn't mean that you you trade all your Devi picks and and don't get anybody because you know you you, you always want to find the stud but you know just just be aware that the hit rates you know aren't aren't always what you think they are and it's it can be be a, a fun struggle, but it is a fun struggle. So I love it, Matt. What are your finer thoughts before we uh, wrap up the show? Yeah, man, it, it was good to be back with you. Um, love getting to talk uh, this Debbie football game with you. I mean, it's just a game, so I, I think it's important. To know. I mean, we th- this is all best guess. We're trying to uh, predict success, and, and we're not always right. 
Um, we're right sometimes, but we're wrong sometimes. So, I mean, it's all just a game. We do it for fun. And, you know, keep an eye on some of these guys we talked about because I think there's some real shots at production here. Um, if they don't produce and you grabbed them, well, you can fight me on Twitter. You can you can body me up. You can get into a league with me and body me up on Twitter and <laughs> hope and, and, and show me what you think about it. You like that, Skip? <laughs> that was awesome. All right. Next week, we are going to get into the Big Ten. We'll start with the Big Ten East. So get into my conference and go through the Big Ten. It should be exciting. We're not going to start with your side yet. Don't see, worry. We'll I get see to what Ohio you, I see State what you did there. Yet. I know. I know what you're but doing. <laughs> I'm gonna make you wait. You have to be patient. Make you get through these other teams first, and then we'll get to the big ones. So, uh, of course, we we are missing Shaq. I'm hoping that when school ends, he can get back on. He's at Dynasty Tools on Twitter. Does some stuff for Dynasty nerds. Love to have him back. And I am Skip Newton at Skip Newton 31. I do some writing on the Debbie team for the NFLDraftBible.com, powered by Fan Nation on Sports Illustrated. Obviously, this last few days was crazy busy because we've got everything on NFL Draft, all players in position, et cetera. We're also, we've also got updated Dynasty rankings out there, and we're working on Debbie rankings. We'll get those out in the next week. And my next article will be in the top 10 Debbie players. So we're going to start getting into fantasy more now that the NFL draft has finally passed us. Matt, where can everyone find you, and what are you working on right now? So you guys can find me on Twitter at DevyMatt. Um, my rankings are up on Dynasty Nerds. We recently just, us and the Debbie team, released a three-round instant reaction mock draft um, for all you guys that are having rookie, rookie drafts starting up either um, late tonight, tomorrow sometime. I know I've got a few starting up tomorrow, so check that out. Look at look at some of our, our, our writings on these guys, where we think they should be going, and, and utilize that for your Debbie drafts. I've also started doing some um, some, some Debbie prospect profiles, got a Tank Bigsby out there. I'm going to start working on hopefully getting a Jameer Gibbs um, or um, maybe Marshawn Lloyd. I don't know. We'll, we'll decide where we're going next. But, yeah, check out those Debbie Prospect profiles as I release them. Awesome. Sounds great. And, of course, we are part of the Dynasty Happy Hour team of podcasts, Dynasty Happy Hour, every Sunday night with Tim Keller, Doug Eddy, and Tyler Gunther. Of course, they covered the NFL draft in yesterday's podcast. Randall Memphis Young also Occasionally, we'll host the DHH Contractor. So if you're interested in joining that on the podcast, reach out to him on Twitter at DWZ Memphis. want to give a big shout-out to my guy Matt Hicks from NFL Draft Bible. Uh, we did five hours of live streaming for the NFL Draft on Thursday and Friday afternoons. It was a ton of fun. I was glad that he asked me to join. So that was fabulous. I'm hoping this will be an every-year occurrence for the NFL Draft. It was definitely worth taking off some, some time at work to get on there during the day. And to all of you listeners, thank you for listening. If you have any feedback for us, we'd love to hear it. You know, if you want us to talk about anything specific, any trades, let us know. And we'll go over it right here on the show. In the meantime, have a awesome week. Enjoy your rookie drafts. And as always, be a good human. <music>